Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why Billy up? This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> he is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Full session, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of our Fall Obsession podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession once again on the podcast and your host for this week's episode. And this week I am joined by one of our own pro staffers. Um, he's been on the podcast before, and that's our pro staffer, Kurt Eckleberry. Kurt, welcome back, man. Hey, what's up, Sam? Glad to hear from you. Yeah, man. Looking forward to uh, to talking to you a little bit today about uh, how your 2020 season went. Oh, yeah, it was different than any other season I've ever had. I guess we had a pretty good, successful season for sure. So, Well, before we before we get into it, I, like I mentioned, you've been on the podcast before. We kind of had you on right before hunting season kicked off. Um, and if anybody is interested in going back and listening to that episode, it's episode 28, um, titled Ohio Whitetails. And Kurt came on here and, uh, and kind of prefaced his season as we were about to kick things off and, and what he was excited about, what he was looking forward to. We're, we're on the tail end of it now. We're on the back half and I'm not necessarily wanting to pick up where we left off, but, um, man, if you kind of, if you want to kind of start your recap with talking about some of your, your early season slash preseason efforts and how those started to evolve into, into this year's hunting season, we'll, uh, we'll get rolling here. Yeah. So, uh, Ohio season comes in, I don't even know October for somewhere around there. I'm not even for sure, but uh, I don't think the last time we talked was September. Is that what the date was? Something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I got it pulled up here. I guess I could look and see when when it was published and and give us a better idea. But yeah, that that's about right. Okay. Uh, I mean, just running the same trail cameras that we run Wild Game Innovations, just trying to get data on um, some of the deer that we were chasing. Uh, we had that new property 
just a little 12 acre parcel. We had uh, just one stand set up in there and uh, I hunted uh, the normal property that I hunt. That's like 35 minutes away from that property. And uh, the farm that I used to hunt a lot, but we had a lot of good deer on. I didn't even hardly touch that this year. Um, the only hunt that you got to see from that was uh, my girlfriend's son, Lawton. He killed that doe with the crossbow there in the open bean field. Um, that was a pretty successful weekend there. That was like opening weekend. So we shot the slick trick, uh, or were they viper tricks, I think is what we used on that. Yeah. And uh, they flew true, man. I mean, blew right through her, no problem, which I, I mean, a crossbow should, but just the, you know, looking at the exit wound on that deer was like nothing else I've seen in my past. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, we're definitely glad we switched to the slick tricks. Um, I'm shooting them out of my elite as well. They do fly good. I didn't get to let one fly with mine this year. Yeah. Lawton's hunt. That was, that was really cool. And, and for, again, for our listeners who don't know, we, that hunt was on video. You were able to film it and it is on our, on our YouTube channel and our website and everything. Um, so folks can go back and watch it, but man, he was so pumped and that was, that was really awesome just to see his emotion and, and how excited he got about, about that hunt and killing that deer. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wasn't with him. He, this would be, I see he's uh 12. He'll be 13 this spring. Um, he's got like two or three deer under his belt now. I think maybe four, maybe I can't remember now, but awesome. you know, I, I wasn't there for his buck that he killed. And, uh, I don't know how excited he was when that happened, but yeah, definitely with the doe, he was, he was amped. I was too. I, I mean, I, I did a lot of film this year and didn't have a weapon in my hand, but I'm telling you when you're running camera, you're just as excited, you know, cause you're, you're trying to coach them and get them on these deer and make sure they make an ethical shot. But at the same time, you're trying to keep this deer in the viewfinder at, you know, it's always at last light. You barely make them out in the viewfinder. So it was just, I don't know. It was a good hunt. It was a good setup. It was two days. The first day we got in there and kind of seen what was going on. We didn't do any scouting ahead of time. And then, uh, I kind of figured it out the second night and we went in there and got it done. So. So you said that that was really one of the, the few times that you were on that property. I know yeah. in the, in the last time we had you on here, and kind of around that September time frame, we were we were posting some pictures too of a of a really nice buck that you had. Was it on that property? Uh, no. So that buck that I've been sending you was off our new lease, the twelve acres. But um, the the farm that he killed that doe off of that used to be like my number one farm. I I had like five years history with these bucks. I probably I know you guys got some of the pictures. There's a one with a drop tie, a really really wide one working a scrape. This mm -hmm. farm has always produced big, big deer. And for some reason this year, they just completely vanished. Like there was no good shooter bucks at all. I ran trail cameras all the way till late November and did not have a single shooter. The only thing that changed on that farm is the neighbors decided to put up some tree stands on the fence line facing into our field. So that is a real thing. Like pressure coming from your neighbors can really screw up your deer traffic. There's no other reason for them. I mean, the food source has been the same, like being on wheat three years in a row. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that they vanished, you know. And uh, my buddy did pick them up, actually, on a farm north of there. So I guess they're uh, they're not harvested. I know that for sure. But why they're not coming on to our place, I'd have to imagine, would be from the, the neighbor's pressure and the way they set up the stand. So. Yeah, we deal with a lot of similar stuff down here in, in Texas as well, especially with small small properties you get neighbors that hunt differently or hunt harder or 
I, I don't I hate to say don't care as much, but I, I mean, you know, they don't hunt like you do. They're not as management minded as you do, and it it affects affects the results that you see on your place, unfortunately. So. Yeah, that's right. You can look at uh, a lot of other people's setups, and you can kind of tell what type of hunter they are. You know, if they got it figured out or not, just by their setups and their access points of how they're getting in there. A lot of times, screw up uh, their own hunt. You know, but sometimes you can you can uh, win from their mistakes. You know, they might change the deer pattern a little bit where uh, they're coming more onto your place. So it just depends, I guess, which property you're in. Ohio is just a bunch of. Uh, like the northern part where I live is just a bunch of square wood lots, if that makes sense. It's just square after square of different patches of woods, you know, varying from 10 all the way to 100 acres. So each one of them is different. Each one holds different deer, and it's a different terrain, and uh, it can be challenging for sure. So I, I know I kind of I hinted at it a little bit in asking that question about that big deer, but I'm, I know that some of our listeners are probably dying to know whatever happened to that buck since uh, he never – Never really returned to our to our pages on our on our Instagram or anything like that. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not hanging on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. You know, you get amped up, and it's almost like a fairy tale sometimes. You know, you almost picture it in your hands, you know, and then it slips away like that. But you just got to accept the defeat and move on, like I did. But yeah, this buck, he we had uh, ran tr- pictures on him all summer, and. uh I usually don't check my trail cameras, but about probably every 30 days, maybe 20, maybe 15 if it's in season. But uh, I expected him to hang in there till at least, you know, mid to late October. So I went in and did my first hunt on October 20th, I think was in there on that woods. And I pulled the card and he'd been there like seven days straight of opening week, like 70 degree weather, broad daylight, eight o'clock. 10 o'clock, uh, 5 p.m., like broad daylight, a buck this size walking in the, and, you know, he had to feel comfortable. But, you know, like they say, you know, these big bucks, they they move on. You know, when rut starts getting close, they, they leave their home, their summer territory, basically. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, I, I, I just run regular uh, wild game innovation cameras, you know, so you physically have to check these. But another tool I'd added to my oh list of expensive hunting tools that i have was a tacticam reveal cell camera this year and it has made a big difference in the way i collect data and knowing how they move and i i think it's gonna be a big game changer i can see where guys are you know really liking these you you, i mean the up-to-date information if i would have had this in place you know late september through october you you would know when to go in and get it done you know my problem was i was too late and uh hopefully still alive I, I i don't know a buck that size i think i would have heard about it from one of the neighbors so yeah you, but, you'd think <laughs> yeah i mean it's one of those things you know it's it's cool that's what's cool about ohio you know if, if you do get a big one that slips away from you there's always one next year you know i mean i just got lucky that, that was my first time hunting this piece and to have a buck like that it's pretty exciting but it can happen again you know and that was another thing is the, the bucks that were on other people's property came into this property like within that next week and there was bucks showing up i hadn't had a picture of all year you know so that's kind of exciting but unfortunately for me my problem is getting time off work so i work six days a week second shift which is uh 3 p.m to 11 p.m so if i want to hunt it's in the morning you know you figure an hour drive 
you know, and then you hunt and then go to work, you know, you're only getting like four or five hours in the stand, you know, and you can only do that for so many days straight. If, and that's providing the weather's right and the wind's right to hunt these properties. So, you know, I, hopefully they're talking like our schedule might cut back a little bit, maybe to like five days a week this year. And that's going to mean a lot to me, especially coming into turkey season, not oh, having yeah. to take days off, you know, you got to have time off to make it happen. Yeah, we've uh, we've had some guests on recently that really uh, really hit that home with you know having the time to be in the stand is is huge because uh, I mean obviously everybody knows you're not going to kill them if you ain't out there so that's right you know I value my time every set I get to do and unfortunately this year was just the timing was wrong you know but, but we still got it done late season so that was that was good so let's keep uh, let's keep going through the year and uh, Lawton got got his doe to kind of kick off the season and where did things go from there um i continued my boat my archery season as normal um videoed a lot of great bucks i guess i should throw that in there um i got the opportunity to video um i bought the muddy tree arm i can't remember which one it is the buddy pro or something like that i can't remember but uh it's a really good arm really enjoyed it um tons of footage i i hunted i'll just say i don't remember too many dates that I hunt that are good, but November 11th, which I believe that's Veterans Day, but I know it was uh, November 11th for sure. I videoed nine different bucks in four hours coming through, and uh, one of them I was kind of judging, you know, like, should I shoot him? No, I don't know. And then he got past me, and he turned his head, and I realized how wide he was, and I'm like, you screwed up. <laughs> that <laughs> one should have been that one should have been going home with you. So. I was kind of beat myself up over it. And then he comes in behind me 30 minutes later and I still didn't shoot him. So I don't know, maybe just, you know, I, you get the image of them big box in your head and you want to hold out. It, it's fun to do that, I guess, but it still kind of hurts at the end of the year when you shoot a buck smaller than you had the opportunity to two months ago in the warm weather, <laughs> you know? So yeah, but it was still, it was fun. Got a lot of good footage. So, uh, unsuccessful during archery. And then we went into November, the week after Thanksgiving, we went to West Virginia, and uh, we had my buddy Corey Lawton and myself with uh, rifle tags, and I tried to put them in the best spot, and turned out I put myself in the best spot. So they did not get to kill, and I could have, like, every day. The rut happens a little bit later down there than Ohio. Ohio is usually, you know, like the hot times, like the 8th through the 15th, something like that. West Virginia is probably 15th through the 28 something like that and it showed i got lots of video of bucks chasing and grunting and just nothing worth the size that you know nothing the size that i would want to kill back in one of those deep ravines that we have on the place i was really hoping to get lot in its first out of state buck and uh, my buddy Corey has not killed one down there he's only turkey hunted with me so but we, we got to see a lot of deer it's fun got to use the cabin um that's what it's all about in the end i guess so and that's the same place that you killed that that buck you self-filmed last year, correct? Exactly. Yep, and I put Lawton in the exact spot because it is a good spot. After I, I did a little more scouting down there this summer just to kind of see, like, what was going on down there, and I could see why there's so much deer traffic. And he did see some deer. He had a uh, – which was, you know, pretty smart on his behalf. I was probably 75 yards away from him, keeping him in my view, and he said he had an eight-point come in behind him. And uh, he was not sure who was on the other side of the hill, so he did not shoot. So that's good on his part. You know, he let a buck go just to play the safe game of not knowing, you know, who was behind it. It was his first time there, so he wasn't comfortable shooting that direction, and he didn't take it. 
Yeah, good good for him on that part for sure. Yeah, it, exactly. Yep. It it sucks, but sometimes that's what what you got to do. So. Yeah, I was really hoping it was going to happen, and we we got I mean some trespassing issues going on on that side of the property too that didn't help either i didn't figure that out till later in the week i took a little longer hike up the canyon there to see what was going on deer traffic wise and there's a couple people sitting up there on our place so they looked young young kids whatever i just let them i just turned around and went the other direction you know i'm not there to cause any problems with the kid especially you know we might go talk to the landowner and let them know what's going on but yeah it didn't help in our favor at all but it is what it is so your buddy jeff he did have a pretty a pretty nice hunt and a pretty nice buck um, from the looks of it, and oh, gosh. and I know that I know that we had talked off the air previously about you know maybe trying to get him on here and uh, to recap that story. So you don't necessarily have to have to tell his story for him, but give us a little a little hint or sneak peek at at what that looked like this year. Yeah. So with Jeff, I'll just I'll add a little bit more to that. He. Uh, I take care of kind of like the bigger hunts. Like, you know, I only have time off a little bit, you know, a little time off a week. So I try to do the big hunts, you know, concentrate on the deer and turkey and stuff like that. Jeff, he gets like in everything. This guy does, you know, the trapping, the small game, the white tail, you know, now we're late season goose hunting, you know, and I haven't done this in like 15 years. So I'm back out doing this, you know, the dude does it all, you know, and he, and he includes his son JT, which you got to, watch him harvest that turkey last spring on the youth season and uh he killed a absolute stud this year of a whitetail um i won't go into too like a lot of detail on it but i remember i was at work he either texted me or something and said hey i i don't feel good about this night or something was going on he's like i think i might just go home and i think i said something like just stay in there you know i was, had like an hour to go and next thing I know, my phone rings, and like 10 minutes later, you could just tell in his voice. He's like, dude, I just shot the biggest buck of my life, you know, and you could just tell it, you know. And, you know, I'm like, I want a picture, you know. And uh, he finally got down, and, like, you didn't get to see the picture of, like, he sent me from the actual kill site. But, like, Jeff doesn't get excited, man. Like, he's pretty mellow. And you could tell in his face and his voice, like he was rattled, and I, everybody would be that deer. And expect, you know, he didn't have any history with this deer. You know, it just the way it happened. It was a cool hunt. I'll let him, you know, tell his part of it. But yeah, congrats to him. And his boy JT smacked a really big one too during gun season. Um, oh, really? I might have to get. Yeah, I'll have to get you that photo. It's a absolute stud too. So they both had. I actually stopped out to their house like a couple weeks ago and they still had the horns sitting there above the um, cupboard there and handing them to me. And they're like telling me the story of what's going on. And like my arm's going dead from holding all this bone. Like there's 400 inches of bone. It felt <laughs> oh like, my it, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the total score, but I was like, good gosh, you know, it is a massive box, both of them. So it was really cool to get to see that. So he's got a lot of taxidermy payments coming up. Yeah. He, he's got a, start saving up a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he's a good dude he uh he'd be good to do a podcast with man he's got his hands and everything you know anybody's got any questions like trapping and just small game stuff he does a lot with the youth with pheasants forever and he's about a member to every sportsman's club and so a good dude for sure absolutely did he score his buck um you know he did I, I can't remember the I'm not gonna say it because I don't know it I can't remember now. Okay, but it, it's up there. 
<laughs> All right. I know it was up there. And I, I'm sure his boys was close to that, too. So wow. pretty cool. Yep. They both did good. Well, good for them. Yep. Well, man, you, I mean, you, you had a, not a rough year, but just, you know, several times that, that things just didn't seem to come together with the target bucks you were looking at, but you did end up with, with a buck on the ground this year. So take us into, take us into that a little bit and, and let's talk about your deer. Okay. Uh, this would have been muzzleloader in Ohio, January 4th through the 7th or something like that. I think. I think I killed mine on the fourth or fifth. I'm horrible with dates, but anyways, uh, same property. My stepdad harvested a eight point off of off the Vapple plot that we planted this summer, and it's a Vapple Dutch White clover plot. And then I took my girlfriend in there, and she killed one with a muzzleloader during shotgun season, another eight point off the Vapple Dutch White clover. And then mine was also heading there. I just cut them off. I was hunting a different stand, but um. Uh, yeah, just a. I think there was probably four or five deer that come crashing across the ice on the river. I had my back to them, and uh, I instantly knew what it was. You know, when they were that loud coming across, and stood up, and man, they could have went it hundred different directions, but they decided to shoot straight up this ravine right to me. And uh, I just ranged a tree over there like twenty minutes before, and I know it was seventy-two yards. And uh, doe come up first. And a good, decent, I mean, he's a decent eight-point come uh, running through. And I finally got him to stop. It was like front front quarter and a little bit of his heart was showing. I held it on him. And as soon as he took the next step, I let it rip. And uh, the old smoke cleared. I only seen three deer take off. And I know there was four. And uh, I pulled up the binos, and there he was laying there. So, Wow. Yeah. I was pretty stoked. And that's awesome when they drop right there, man. Especially after you've yeah. been putting putting a lot of work into your season to finally get one on the ground. That's really cool. Yeah, you know, as you know, at the same time, I'm like, man, suck. Season's over now, you know. But at the same time, I was glad to be not out in the cold weather anymore. I just, I go hard. You know, it's it takes a toll on you <laughs> being out there like that in the cold every day. You know. So, yeah. But that's why we do it. You know, it's it was. Good year. A lot of field tags. A lot of meat in the freezer. Um, everybody's got some horns on the wall this year, so you can't complain too much about that. No, not at all. It sounds like the the Vapple food plot's been doing some work for you. I know you mentioned it last time you were on before the season started, but it sounds like, uh, sounds like it paid off. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy with uh, coming into fall, but, and I'm not like no good with planning stuff and by no means but coming in later in the year you think that stuff would slow down and not grow as good but i'm telling you from like late october till december that thing exploded like it is green all the weeds died out and it looks great and you know we were just kind of like wondering how it was going to be you know versus natural farm crop you know we compete against soybeans and corn which is really hard to do but you know late that was kind of my idea you know if I did make it to late season with a tag, I really wanted to see what this thing was going to do. And uh, we didn't fortunately have the rough weather that I wanted. You know, usually you get some really good cold snaps and snow. They, they have to come into a food source like that. And uh, even with just mild weather, they still hit it. You know, we we jump does every time we go into it to get in the blind. And, and when you leave, you're jumping deer out, you know, and there's always deer there. 
Um, we didn't run any trail cameras on that place, but uh, I just did put one out there now for turkey peep, uh, purposes. I want to see what a – I think it's going to be a really good strut zone for turkey season. Yeah. So, and there's tracks There's tracks there, so I know they're in it. Um, try to get a little pattern on those and maybe get another youth hunt done out there on video. That would be pretty fun. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, the Apple product, for sure, man, it's, uh, it's solid for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. We might – I, I inquired some more property in West Virginia that's got like four acres of open pasture and I was kind of debating to maybe try another Vapple product down there and see what it does. Maybe get an, another review on some West Virginia style food plot, you know, so. Heck yeah. How big is the food plot? Uh, it's a little over an acre. It's okay. not, not huge. No, wow. doesn't take much sometimes, you know, a lot of guys think they need that five to 10 acres, you know, and it, an acre did good it's not you know I, I look at it every time i go out there it's not like it's beat down there's a lot of tracks in there and i think they kind of hit it you know for five ten minutes and then they move from what i've seen you know they just they don't sit there and pound it all night you know so that's cool it saves a little bit of the having to go back and replant it because they stomped it out too early <laughs> so. yeah so what kind of I, I wanted to real quick get into some of the gear that you that you use this season, um, mainly just for curiosity and our listeners' sake, if they want to go check out, you know, like the muzzleloader you're you're shooting or something like that. What what kind of gear did uh, did you run this year, other than the trail cam you mentioned earlier? Um, so the muzzleloader I've been using, it's not a super expensive one. I I think you know this package you can probably get for like two hundred and sixty bucks, and then I put a nice Leopold scope on it. It's a CVA Optima nothing fancy it's got a stainless steel barrel black um synthetic stock shoots very true i shoot uh the tradition smackdowns 240 grain with 100 grains of white hot um pellets and it shoots very good so it's an accurate gun it's uh i think three deer we've killed with it um as far as other gear i mean the cell cam that revealed by tacticam they're kind of hard to get hold of right now I, I overpaid a little bit for mine, but the plans are cheap. The pictures are pretty clear. And like I said, you know, getting that up-to-date info, man, it's worth it every time for sure. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Vapple plot, that was new for us this year. And any of the Vapple products are good. Like, uh, we run the mineral, too. A lot of those pictures that we send from uh, Velvet Season, you know, are over um, the Vapple product, the mineral there. Uh, the, you know, we use the Vapple scent spray. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. I buy a lot of hunting stuff, but yeah, that's, one, <laughs> that's the ones that come out, you know, that, uh, stand out for me that kind of are a solid go-to every year for me. So, so is there anything you would have done differently looking back on this past season? Yeah. I would have bought a cell cam and the first like two or three days that that big boy was in there. I would have went in and got it done. You know, I'm not big on early season for killing bucks. I mean, but that's a lesson learned there. I mean, it can be done. Yeah, I'm just, my thing is like, you go out and it's like the mosquitoes and it's hot and you're sweated, try, you know, sweated up trying to get in there after you just did all this scent control. You know, the guys that get it done early season, man, that that's that's just as challenging as late season to me. I mean, the, the conditions suck, really. You know, the hunters want to be out there and, a good cold temperature and that perfect crisp morning and get it done, you know, and these guys are out there sweating it out, you know, sweating it out to get it done or freezing like I was to get it done. So 
Yeah. I don't know. I guess no scenario is perfect, but yeah, I mean, if I would have known that that buck was there, the opening seven or eight days of season every day in broad daylight, I mean, you can't ask for much more, you know, good info. If a camera's going to tell you that, go get it done. So I'm kind of excited for this next season to see. I'll probably add a few more. I'm probably going to get a couple more and just spread them out, see what properties do the best, and go in and try to get a plan and get it done. You know, maybe this guy made it through. Hopefully, if not, you know, there'll be another one. We'll we'll try again. I was just kind of sad I didn't get to shoot the elite. <laughs> that <was> kinda, <laughs> that's what hurt the worst. I, you know, I did a lot of work on that this summer and had it shooting really good and. I think there was only like one buck this year. I actually physically picked my bow off the hanger to think I was going to shoot something and I ended up letting him go. So, but we got a lot of good footage. That's kind of excited about that, man. I like coming home and watching the footage just as much as pulling trail cameras. Um, a lot of good rutting activity this year. Like I, I've never heard deer grunt this much or, you know, just snort wheezing and scraping. I got bucks making scrapes I and mean, it was just, a wild year but unfortunately i didn't get to harvest with my bow but it is what it is you know there's always next year yeah absolutely and and that's honestly a good a good segue here into into one of my final points here is is kind of we're now in in that postseason time frame and everybody's kind of relieved yet sad you know that the season's over but they're also looking to looking to next year so what as you look to next year what what are your what are your big plans or or properties that you're gonna try to spend some time on? Um, so, you know, anybody that hunts out west and big game, you know, here real soon, you're gonna start applying for tags. So I'll probably uh, start building some preference points or keep my preference points built up for Colorado. Um, I'm gonna wait till I get a more vacation time before I head out and do uh, any of those hunts. But I'm gonna keep my points up. And uh, we got the West Virginia property, so we're gonna do some management down there. Maybe some food plots. We've got a lot of trees to plant. And uh, try to get that property ready to see if we can maybe harvest some deer and turkey off that. That's going to be the next goal is do a little turkey scouting here at the end of the month down there to see if, how thick they really are down there. Um, then we'll just do the normal Ohio whitetail, West Virginia whitetail, and pretty much it for us. Keep pretty low-key here. Hopefully in the next couple of years I plan on getting back out west. And then, uh, oh, I would say within the next five. I know it's a long shot, but. I definitely want to get up somewhere north and kill another bear. So, absolutely, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's where I'm at, and get it on video. That's the main goal. You know, this, uh, this, like, this is kind of my first year really hitting it hard with the video thing. And uh, man, I've had a blast with it. And uh, it, I don't know for like waterfowlers or anybody that's hunting geese, but honestly that is the hardest footage to get on film out of anything <laughs> whitetail was <laughs> whitetail was easy turkey's easy but man we've been laying out in these blinds and trying to get these geese on like we have pretty good footage but man it is tough like every setup's just and the weather is never favorable you know it's late season goose man it's it's rough for sure probably why i don't do it all the time yeah <laughs> makes me go <laughs> yeah so, but we've had a blast well, good deal. Well, Kurt, as we as we kind of start to wrap up this week's episode, um, I know normally we we hit our guests with the with the rapid fire questions at the end, but you've already been on the on the podcast before, so um, the questions about your favorite memory and uh, and your bucket list and that kind of stuff, I I imagine those probably haven't changed a whole lot. <laughs> nope, not really. 
So if our listeners want to hit those then uh, or hear those, they can head back and hit up episode 28 for sure. Um, but one thing that I will ask you is knowing everything that you know this season, um, give us one big piece of advice that you took away from, from this year's hunting season. Uh, probably for anybody that's getting into this or wants to do more of hunting, make sure you choose a job or a career if you have, if you can that gives you more time off work. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love my employer. Don't get me wrong. The job's great. Pays good. But man, I wish we had more days off work. And I understand this is going to come later on, you know, with more years I get in, I'll get a little more vacation and stuff like that. But, you know, even if somebody's got to take a little bit of a pay cut to get a little few more days off, and if you're a true outdoorsman, I mean, that means a lot. You know, it it's bad when when you got that perfect condition, you should be out woods and you're stuck at work. You know, there's nothing worse than that. So yeah, get time, get some, get a job with some time off work, you know, don't get me wrong, make good money, work hard when you can. Um, but I think you'll be happy in the long run that you chose a career that you can get more time off work to go do this, you know, stuff you love. So that's my two cents. Definitely applicable for, for the deer hunter, for sure. You, uh, you can't kill them if you aren't out there, as we said before. So, well, man, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and join us for another episode. Thank you. Hey man, I appreciate the time. Uh, good luck to whatever tags you guys got coming up. Turkey season, I'm sure. Oh yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the next, next thing on most everybody's radar. Uh, maybe if you got some, some bear hunting on their minds, but I know for me it's turkey hunting. So. All right. Well, good luck to you guys. Uh, we'll keep you updated how we do up here. Yeah, absolutely. Keep the keep those photos and footage coming. I know I know our followers love watching the videos as much as I do, so it's a good stuff. So All right. Well guys, thank you all for tuning in to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you have not already, hit that follow and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. We are on all the major podcast apps. Um, go back and listen to some of our previous week's episodes if you guys haven't already and we literally come out with a new episode every single monday morning so um, there's always fresh content on there for for you guys to listen at facebook instagram go follow and like our stuff subscribe to our youtube channel we got a lot of awesome videos on there um, and some really cool stuff that we've had in the works um, to kind of kick off 2021 here um, so all as I say, we got some some cool stuff coming y'all's way in the in the weeks to come. Fallobsession.com, that is the hub. That's where you guys can go to find all of our content, videos, photos, reviews, articles, and everything that we offer. Um, our online store, we got some awesome apparel and outdoor wear for the everyday hunter. And right now, actually, we have a t-shirt sale going on as part of our end-of-season sale. All shirts are half off, so can go pick you up a t-shirt for $10, any one of our designs. And finally, fallobsession.com slash podcast is where you guys can go not only to see all of our previous podcast episodes, um, but you can also send us feedback. If you guys have a topic suggestion, a question you'd like to ask in a future episode, or just to provide us general feedback, um, you're able to do so from there. Kurt, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. All right, guys, we will catch you all again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode.